Gundam I Hardly Know Him, the book club style podcast where we cover every series, OVA, and movie in the Gundam franchise. This is episode 9 of season 3, and today we are wrapping up our coverage of Mobile Suit Gundam Double Zeta. I'm Michael, and I'm joined by my two best friends in the world who have been with me since Shangri-La. We have Christian. That's me kissing you, the listener, on both sides of your cheek. That's how... People greet each other in some parts of the world. Okay? Hello. Christian, you're you. so well-traveled. <laughs> the one thing you had about Christian, he's, he's been around the I've block been a few around. times. I've been around. And that, uh, that other lovely voice you're hearing, that, of course, is Simon. Mwah, mwah. That's me kissing both of your butt cheeks. Oh, yeah. He said it. He said it. Yes, he said it. Oh. The butt cheek door <laughs> has been Where open. else are you going to get two gentle kisses on each cheek? Nowhere else but here on the Gundam I Hardly Know Him podcast. That is the very specific service that we mm-hmm. are able to offer on this podcast. We're able to, mm-hmm. through an audio medium, scientists are still studying how mm-hmm. we do that. But, I mean, you might be like thinking like, oh, this is a goof. Like, Simon didn't actually just kiss both of my butt cheeks. Go right now and look in a mirror, okay? Um, We'll wait while you get up and go and look in a mirror. So, like, what do you guys want to talk about while they're gone? Like, I mean, I, like, I'm kind of sick of the listeners, if I'm being honest. Like, if you've seen our ratings and reviews, they kind of, like, I'm just like, really they, annoyed. They're all, and... like, so quiet and shy and just, yeah. like. <sighs> Dude, I mostly just said this butt cheek thing to get them out of here. I want to be around the listeners as little as possible. So, yeah. it's kind of, uh, I'm in a solace right now. I'm kind of re- re- recharging, if you will. Oh, okay, you're back. You're oh, back. Oh. Uh, we hey, love you so uh, much. Yeah, XOXO. Oh, my God. Yeah. I wish I was seeing your butt and i can't wait to talk about anime (laughs) (laughs) anime i am am so excited i'm so excited to finally be back on the bike and um back recording this podcast with you two lovely humans um and today like we said we are wrapping up our coverage of one of the best series ever Question mark? Yes. No, like in a cumulative ranking of television series, mm-hmm. this is easily top 10. I would say like the like, Sopranos or whatever else good. TV yeah, right. Is. Yeah. Sopranos. And then right above that, Double Zeta. Family Guy. Family <laughs> Guy. <laughs> Boom. Mer- like American Dad. South Park. <laughs> then maybe American like Dad, South Park. American Idol. <laughs> American trucker, <laughs> American pick. Ice road truckers, dude. Ice road truckers. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking say yes to the dress. You're coming in at number one. We got mobile suit double Zeta, Loving baby. Hip hop, dude. Fear factor. Classic, bro. Fear factor. <laughs> Real world awesomeness. <laughs> Rob Deerdex, Mystery <laughs> Factory, or whatever the fuck that show's called. I love Rob Deerdex. Big and Rob, dude. <laughs> Rest in peace, bitch. The Evening <laughs> News, when Diane Sawyer used to host, though. <laughs> 60, 60 Minutes. minutes. <laughs> hey, bro, ask me my favorite show. 60 Minutes. <laughs> ask me what my favorite show is. Ask me what my favorite show is. 
Hey, Take Christian, what's your favorite? Oh, oh. God. <laughs> Actually, oh, no, no, no. no. I, 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 ask, me, ask me my favorite movie. Ask me what's my favorite your favorite movie, movie Sammy? Hey. When 60 Minutes did the coverage in the Middle East, we ran for like two, two hours instead of one. It's the special one on, <laughs> on November 13th. The special 13th. one on how Bono changed the world. I love that one. Um, so what have you what have you all been watching since the, we've taken such a long Go break? To like fill the void? Yes, to fill the void mm. in your heart. That's, That's a, good a question. great question. Simon, you go first. Um, as far as anime goes, I actually um finally got around to I was talking with Michael about this of like what I can do to kind of put the bandaid on because like I don't really necessarily want to rewatch Zeta Zeta like right now it's still a little too fresh so mm-hmm. I watched the movies um for regular Zeta the one with like meal mm. oh um, I didn't know you did that nice that's awesome yeah no I like I uh hooked my laptop up to big TV it was it was really um, I don't know. I thought that the weird in between animation style that they did for all the supplemental scenes was kind of interesting. Yeah. Um, I like I really liked it, okay. but like seeing that mixed with the regular animation and stuff was jarring. Uh, well, think about it. They have like they probably like got the assignment and they're like going back and they're like, okay, we have all of this footage that you're allowed to use, but you need to make a slightly different story. Like that's an incredibly hard yeah. task to. Mm-hmm. Kind of to like like decide what new, you know, scenes would actually add to the story versus like what they could reuse. Um, so yeah, I watched that, and in non Gundam. Hey world, Simon, Simon, if you want to hear what Christian and I think about it, you can go back to season two, and we did a whole shit. we did a whole episode on and it. Hear all about the it. Two of us. Yeah. Really? Oh my gosh, I would love that. I am alone <laughs> with my thoughts all day. I would like to be alone <laughs> with my two best friends' thoughts. Screaming into actually... your ears, telling you how good it is. <laughs> yeah. Instead of the original Japanese audio, I just played the podcast over top of the movie. <laughs> As a commentary track. <laughs> but I watched that, and then um, as far as like other anime goes, I've been, I've been on that Ghibli train for a while. It's like it's really good. I think those movies are just so nice. I feel like um, that's your like safety blanket. Is that your safety blanket, yeah, Simon? Totally. It's like I I you like whenever I need like inspire or I I'm at a lull with like art or something like that, or I you know just watched uh, like something like really violent. Like I I watched like Godzilla versus. King oh, Kong, I want to watch that so bad. We should. Okay, that. I the fucking grasp of Gundam goes so far. Mm-hmm. There's a literal character in Godzilla called a Mecha Godzilla. <laughs> yes, like, I was, I was <laughs> watching it, and I'm like, this is fucking crazy. Like, I know this. Like, this is um, he's one of our boys. So talk about like Gundam's influence on um media. That's actually a really great example, mm-hmm. and it was great. There was Big Monkey, and Big Lizard. You love to see you it. Love to see it. It doesn't get better than well, that. Well, actually, so that's the twist. We don't love to see it because they destroyed most of Tokyo, but I don't know. They meant <laughs> yeah. well. They meant well. Yeah, like just they just some, don't understand. A miss. They had a difference. Yeah. Uh, on some key it's ideological like, issues, and it's, it's like when you're holding there. You're you're holding like a full cup of coffee, and your dog runs between your legs, and you spill it, and then you're like. You don't know what you did, but I'm still pretty frustrated. Like, yeah. I'm frustrated with the yeah. situation. 
and it's not the dog's fault. It's not your fault. It's no one's fault. It's just Mecha Godzilla. Yeah, that's that's but part of it. Yeah. At the end of the day, someone needs to be thrown into a building. You know, because mm-hmm. how else do you bring that? Yeah, that's that's kind of what we were getting. Right? Yeah. Whether it be monkey or lizard is kind of like the 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 cool part of the movie that you can kind of like pick and choose. But, um, but yeah, that's what I've been watching. Um, the big monkey. I I call it the big game. I was like, I'm watching the big game tonight. And everyone's like, oh, what like March Madness? No, and I'm like the big game. In a way, like fucking uh, Orgoza. Or wait, no, what's the- Gorgonzola. <laughs> we're like we're like Godzilla. Anyway, Michael, um what what have what have you been uh watching yeah. to fill uh the void that this show left uh, in all of our lives? So firstly, you guys know um I'm a bit of a Chad. Um you guys are both virgins, but I'm a bit of a Chad, so you know I've been watching yes, a ton of this sports. This is known. Yeah. Oh big time sporto. Big time Lots sporto over here. <laughs> yeah. We get it. You sport. <laughs> what a jock. But I actually haven't yeah. been really I um haven't been watching any anime or anything animated really. Classic um, Chad move. No yeah. anime. Hmm. Yeah. What are those uh, cartoons? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> what are you a I child? <laughs> I don't watch drawings. I don't watch drawings. <laughs> this is a juvenile show designed for children to sell plastic toys. <laughs> Oh no! Uh, but yeah, honestly, the only show that I've been watching is uh, I've been watching Love Island 2019, the UK version, with my lovely wife, and um, I've been getting Ooh. an insane amount of enjoyment out of that show. Uh, it's the, kind of like yeah. I think it's kind of like double Zeta of reality TV. Um, oh, then so it's I, definitely I worth a watch. <laughs> Do you know the Playboy Bunny in Love Island, Michael? Um. Uh, there's not a Playboy Bunny in the season I'm watching. Oh, okay. Yeah. Kind of reminds me of Charasun. In the season I'm watching, there's this Playboy Bunny that's indistinguishable from Charasun. Oh, yeah. I, th- I mean, like, there's just completely different people. I've only watched the 2019. Yo, okay. What we need to do a spin-off show where we cover Love Island. I don't there's- think. I was oh okay where we cover Love Island. I thought it was like putting the Gundam characters in the context of Love Island, and I don't want that. Oh, it, that I, would be like, too chaotic. The the it's not like The Bachelor where it's like a very simple premise of just like right. a lot of people vying for there one person. There are seemingly no rules in Love no Island. No rules. It's made up. The rules. It's completely made up, and they just send people in willy nilly. Okay, it, it makes yeah. no sense. Okay, well, what if we cast the Gundam characters like from all across the UC timeline? Right, doesn't mm-hmm, matter. You mm-hmm. can put together I'm your listening. dream team, I'm and we cast them in like, a like what you're saying, reality TV show of what doesn't have to be a specific one, like a challenge, yeah, so, rivals so edition Christian, or something. Christian, like. I really like what you're saying. Like, I think that, um, like what you're saying, like it's really valid. Uh, <laughs> I, like, I think that the projects that you worked on in the past are really good. But I just don't know if this is right for our network right now. And Simon, <laughs> I'm got to, I'm got to pass this to you. I don't know what your opinions are on this, but. 
I just think that the second that you start putting Gundam characters in the context of Love Island, you're opening up the fucking like um do Gundam characters fuck door, and I I'm, I've, I I'd prefer to keep that door closed for a little bit longer if that is okay with you boys. Well, it has been it has been rattling in my house trying to trying to weasel its way open, but I I prefer that it stay. Um, I installed a pretty secure lock on it, so I think I'm safe on my side. When but. you put it that way, it's probably good that we don't let a bunch of miners um christian get exposed to that so christian if you're interested in the premise then maybe you should go back like three episodes and listen to simon and i run the uh gundam characters through the back our show is just an (laughs) ad for our show (laughs) oh yeah i'm the only only constant (laughs) i'm just like the only constant all right i think michael gets uh, around christian i think you did have um what have you been watching? Okay, I want to tell you guys what I've been nerding out on recently. Okay, I want to mm-hmm. share. I want to share. Let's hear it. Um, no. Uh, lately I've been, I've gotten back into a Star Wars binge, and it started. Okay. It started at one night. I was going down a YouTube hill, and I watched the Knights of the Old Republic, um, trailer footage compilation. Oh, such a good one. Wait, the 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 one where they're like in the forest. Um, and, uh, like, the guy's helmet gets knocked off yeah. and stuff. Yeah. That one? The one with the twins Christian. as well. Okay, keep going. That that was, like, fucking in high school, watching that mm. on my school laptop. I had that, um, I had the compilation video downloaded as an MP4 Incredible. so I could watch it over on my computer when, um, like, they blocked YouTube. I was like, these fucking dipshits can't, like, stop me <laughs> from can't stop watching this on loop, bitch. <laughs> But anyways, continue. So anyways, it um really started a Star Wars binge aroo. I like fucking downloaded six uh extended universe books and Okay. They're so good. Um Yeah. Uh and then so yeah, it's been like really like inhaling all kinds of star wars and then recently are you on that mando grind yeah been on the mando grind son hell yeah <laughs> um the mandalorian but what's oh, really no. captured my attention uh <laughs> the mandalorian <laughs> delayed right. fuse took a minute <laughs> somebody okay wait, wait, wait so it's mando so we take the mandalorian we put mando's face over the mando and then over we... the mando, <laughs> over the mando, we fucking then... Silence of the Lambs cut off Mondo's face, <laughs> put it over the Mandalorian, and then we put Beach's face over Baby Yoda's. <laughs> is this content? Is this a meme? <laughs> yeah, it's the Mandalorian. The and then we get, then we get, then we the upvotes just rolling, baby. <laughs> Easy lights, money, baby. Easy money. But how do we monetize it? (laughs) Christian, I feel like currently though, Christian. Huh? What do you want currently though? You were gonna say something's piqued your fancy. So I'm also in the reality TV game right now, except for I'm watching Uh, Formula One Drive to Survive. And let me tell you, this show fucking slaps. 
It I've is heard good things. Incredible. I watched episode one of that movie or of that show, and I'm like, why am I not chronically into F1 like at all? Yeah, times? why am I it's not so cool? To the sport. Yeah, it's it's incredible. At the honestly, it's so hard to watch over here. It's like so hard to watch in the U.S. I mean, it's just, like it's similar to soccer. Like it happens at weird times, so you have right. to like wake up early or I don't know or watch a replay. Are there or any something. good F1 video games? There's like a lot of good racing games. I suck at racing games. I'm so bad. They're some of my favorite. Yeah. But anyways, I guess that's yeah. That's why we leave it to the professionals. These guys are essentially real life Gundam pilots because essentially they're <laughs> they're driving fighter jets. This is true. Two hundred miles an hour down these insane like curves, and you know, uh, it got me thinking. Like I don't know, kind of got me back in the Gundam frame of mind. Dude, it totally is. Like, oh fuck. They should that would be good like F1 slang to like call like a driver that's like performing like really, really well, like being like, I think he's a new type. <laughs> yeah, like, think, exactly. Like, like, like oh, dude, dude, did you hear Ferrari has a new type on their team now? <laughs> and you know what's funny is the drivers apparently are getting younger and younger. So they're they're like twenty two <gasps> years old, these kids driving these the fucking, fucking multi million dollar these heinous, heinous events. Yeah. That's crazy. Their special powers are empathy. They can empathize for each other. They can empathize. <laughs> they're all like talking to each other through their brains while they're writing. <laughs> Fucking sick, dude. That's awesome. I bet you Actually, have... I do want to watch that. It's cool because like not only do you, you know, obviously the drivers are on the track, but they have like the the really well moneyed teams like Ferrari and Mercedes and Renault. Their teams are like made up of thousands of people. And then the smaller time teams some of them only have like 200 plus size crew mm-hmm. and they're like all behind these like monitors watching all these different statistics and it also it reminded me of Evangelion a little bit because you had this like oh yeah yeah whole team of people trying to guide this pilot uh through the mm-hmm. track dude it's why doesn't f1 like electronics like look like um sci-fi electronics from yeah. like 80s anime they that would be so much cooler like you know like the geometric shapes and stuff yeah. like shifting around on the page like where they look around they're like, like oh my oh, gosh it's overloading <laughs> yeah. it's like a, a cube well, rotating on a screen <laughs> i think like what i would like is that to start the car you don't need a key you need like a floppy disk yeah like, you put a floppy disk into a floppy <laughs> you drive boot it up yeah then you, like, yeah then you just have like a dashboard you have to like flip a bunch of switches and that turns it on they don't really need to be like that but they, it's just like that it just of, like, makes you feel like stylized yeah. yeah that's 100%. how you get like the younger generations involved like you're like yeah. look at this car it is a basically a big lego set why don't you go throw your body down a track in monaco vroom mondoco? vroom there you go mondoco Mondoco. Mondoco. I mean, like words have meaning, bro. Yeah, like, I'm sorry. It's okay. <laughs> Don't worry. Um, I think it's a good time for us to uh break down and break into talking about our friends. Down. Break. to just like break down. This part of the episode we mentally break down in front of. <laughs> Um, yeah. so today we're going to, we're going to go through, we're going to try a new format for our wrap up, uh, show. So we're going to, we've kind of broken down the show into a couple categories. So we have art and animation, 
music, character, and story, and then we're going to talk about reception and critical uh, rating. So um, we're going to start off with art and animation, and of course, our uh, our favorite art art fart artist art artvark artvark art artvark artvark Simon. Uh, let's talk about let's talk about the animation and the art of Double Zeta. I would love that. I would be um lying if I was saying that this show hasn't like heavily influenced how I've been drawing and like creating spaces and characters over the past couple months. So it's and I'm excited to talk about it. One thing that I personally don't know, mm-hmm. um, but I was wondering if you all know, do you guys know because I saw you were um like looking at cells on eBay and stuff like that. Yeah. How is anime made in like the eighties with like the cells and everything like that? Is it is it like a background cell and then they have like foreground cells and yeah. like they just layer them on top of each other mm-hmm. and then they scan them all in? Yeah, I, I believe that's how it works. That's my understanding. Although like I I it, there could be completely other there's probably like a lot of different facets to it. But from what yeah. I understand of looking at cells, because like the ones of characters, obviously those don't have a background because mm-hmm. like the backgrounds are not unique all the time. So they're they're right. creating the backgrounds and then like overlaying and then scanning that in is, is how I understand it. Um Damn. But it's so that's cool so because it, it is tactile. Like you can own a cell of the show. And yeah, it's like it's insane amazing. to me. Like they are expensive. Like, I mean, but in the <clears> scheme <throat> of things, like you can get a double Zeta cell for like 60 bucks or something, like 60 that. to 70 bucks, which is like to own well, a part it's like of the a show. work of art. It's like a yeah. print essentially. It's like an incredibly high resolution picture because like it has to be exactly. But I, I don't, I think that's so cool because like there were some shots where, um, during the show where like, there's just like, you know, big block, like big blocks of, scenery just like all moving together at like you know uh like constant rates to like give the illusion of depth and all of that stuff and it's cool to think that like they do that by literally just like moving it a little bit every single frame or something like that like i mean nowadays with like you know digital um animation and all of that like that is completely streamlined like there's some um like software where you can even like create animations from like you know rotoscoping and stuff like that so mm-hmm. like nothing but respect to and that's what i think gives it like such a goofy jumpy feel to everything too like i feel yeah. like um zeta was the because fr- like when i think of anime i think of like weird like naruto faces and stuff like that mm-hmm. and double zeta definitely kind of like started to have hints at that and i think that like more gundam down the line is like way way more um uh kind of like faithful to that but anyway i was watching blade runner 2049 starring ryan gosling the other night Mm -hmm. and i was um really really enjoying all of like the big like cyberpunk um like cityscapes and sweeping city scenes and like i think that gundam must have been like extremely influential to a lot of that like design just because i mean a lot of it is just like plain cubes and like buildings and just like yeah. this vast array of skyscrapers because like that's just easy to draw in perspective you know mm-hmm. like i don't know like limitations breed uh possibilities but what was y'all's favorite um visually speaking uh location that they went to in this show that you can remember um i can start yeah um i you actually want to know what my favorite spot was that they went to 
I really, really liked the mine episode where they went into uh, yeah. the yeah. asteroid mine. It reminded me a lot of uh, in Skyrim when you go deep into the uh, like cave systems and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of like a nice break from all of the spaceship scenes and everything. I don't know. Yeah. I like really like because like oh, they had like um like firefights inside. I don't know. It was really really um cool and how it also like bled into space stations like that is my favorite aesthetic like you know how hoth is like a cave system mm, yeah, that yeah, bleeds yeah, yeah, yeah. into like a, a very um you know like, like it, it, you start to see like arches coming out of the rocks and then it slowly forms into like a, a ship hanger yeah i think that is like the best um i not aesthetic but i just like architecture ever i don't know i yeah. um in in the the cave system definitely had that um anyway I've been a monologue. I just, I really, um, watching Blade Runner made me realize how much I loved all of the locations. Because, to be honest, like, I don't know, all anime, like, the characters were super, super unique. All their animations were great. But, like, I think that that's a strength of, like, all anime. Like, I think Mm -hmm. all anime character design is, like, really cool because it has to be. And, you know, it wasn't, like, particularly strong. Like, Judo just kind of, like, looks like generic, you know white dude with brown yeah. hair. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> He's like a very generic looking character. Like anime protagonist, you know? Yeah. Exactly. Plug him and into I anything mean, like, and it'll work. And you also have like, you know, fucking like Chara Soon who has just like very, very defined features with like mm-hmm. all of the, I don't know, character design is like really hard and I don't, mm-hmm. that's like the kind of the cool thing about um, Mondo and Bicha is they have such unique silhouettes. Like um, silhouettes is like the number one most important thing in, yeah. with character design. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think Gundam did that really well. Anyway, really good point. Um, but what is what was your favorite location? Um, that they went to, visually speaking, not like I like this location because all this cool stuff happened there. Yeah. But what I was think... your favorite location? Like, I want to not even I want to be there, but just like I wish this place was real. Um, so I can explore it. I think that for me, the most visually like memorable time was on Earth when the colony drop at Dublin happened. Not because oh. like it, not because it was so unique, but because I think they, you could see how much effort they were putting into the design on that episode with mm-hmm. the colony um, interacting with the Earth and then also the clouds. Uh, there was just like a lot of stuff happening with light and shadow and clouds and darkness. Um, That's a really I found, good. I found point. that, and I think like I have more on this bef- like later, but I think that was like the pivot point of the series. And I think that they just put a lot of time and effort into like those three episodes um, with Camille coming back into the story a little bit. So I think visually, I think looking back on my notes yesterday, I wanted to look and just see what's like stood out to me. And the most visual notes I have are from those episodes. Cause there was like a, a fight in the clouds that was really compelling. And then with the colony drop, I just feel like the animation, you could see the effort that was going into it. Um, that whole episode kind of reminded me of you know those like old timey like sea paintings like like paintings of uh-huh. like waves crashing up yeah. against lighthouses yeah. or like shipwrecks or like there's like this very specific um type of painting where it's like uh the like the deep sea and it's like you know all this chaos happening um and it's like you know lots of cool colors and just like it's meant to elicit just like coldness and distress and i feel like that Mm. episode like watching that episode i just felt cold and i felt like there was like something coming like you know when it's rainy it always feels so ominous um but 
I agree. I'm thinking back to all that because they there was like God rays going through the sky too, and like all this yeah, shit. Like, that was wild. Was so good. I would like. I think if I was gonna go back and watch an episode, it'd probably be the Colony Drop episode, which is surprising considering how triggered I am from our experience playing Dynasty Warriors Gundam 2. <laughs> Holy shit! Like, <laughs> what the fuck? You sick fuck? No. <laughs> Get some serious anyway. FOMO over here. <laughs> what? Christian. Oh, Christian, we'll make you play yeah. it. Like you're not, you're not missing out. Yeah, you are. Um, <laughs> no choice. You. Yeah. Yeah. No, you'll play it with. Oh, I would love to actually play that with a third person because then you have someone like backseat driving the whole time. Which, honestly, <laughs> would be very helpful. Do a smash attack. Do a smash attack. Do a smash <laughs> attack. Oh, I fucking no! <laughs> down the square button. Um. Christian, anyway, Christian, yeah, what do you have to say? Uh, it's hard. It's hard for me to think of a specific example because it's been so long since I've actually mm-hmm. seen the show. Um, That's valid. And so I'll just kind of give commentary in general, just like on the art or what struck me. But yeah, and like specifically, if there's any like landscapes that stick out to you, I don't know. I like this show. Was. I don't like I feel like all anime I kind of pick a different part to really like about it and like this and Ghibli I really liked the landscapes there's some anime where like the landscapes are kind of like mids but this was a pretty good one anyway oh go ahead Christian um the you know again I feel like you know Gundam the franchise is hitting probably a stage where their budget is super generous so they can so the art can be, you know, mm-hmm. amazing. And I think that's that's what's lost. And we'll get into that, you know, in terms of the reviews of the show. But I think that, you know, people forget that. And, um, and like, again, with the char- like, with regard to the character design and the way the characters kind of moved around in, mm-hmm. in the world seemed so believable and smooth. And I think... That to me was incredibly well done. If there was a detail that I picked up or that my eyes picked up, it's how they made the characters move around. Um, Dude, and they're moving so much in such yeah. weird poses. And too. doing all like, kinds of like, like crazy not... cartoony motions. And, you know. I was like practicing like figure drawing just because like it's watching animation isn't particularly interesting if the characters are doing just like regular basic human interaction like i don't like watch it walking just like a regular walk cycle for a reason but like they did such like so and there's like zero gravity where they're like bouncing all around the space stations and it's like these crazy poses that you know a human is in very very rarely but they just decided to do it because it's way more visually interesting you know Mm -hmm. and in terms of like a place i want to investigate or explore is that underground mall in that Oh, oh my yeah. god. Christian, I want to figure out what, what a kind of fantastic stores are in there. answer. Like, yeah. Well, um, I, can't, I can't believe I forgot about that. There's a fucking pawn shop down there. There's a GameStop. The there's a, there's a GameStop. Oh my gosh. Spencer's. Spencer's. Yeah, Dippin this dots. is a shopping mall. There's yeah. a fucking food court. It's definitely there's a, a Lego store. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Build a bear. <laughs> Build a bear. <laughs> um, so I think Radio we, could also, we could also talk about, you know, art and animation but also design so as far as like the the designs of the characters and also of the mobile suits what's also stood out um to each of us so i think that to go on that um to talk more about silhouettes and stuff because Mm -hmm. i don't know i like that's like a i've just been watching there's a lot of people on youtube that like 
I don't know, are like professional concept artists or stuff. And they upload a lot of like free content, which I'm very thankful for. Um, but in every single one, they like talk about silhouettes. And I just think about all the mobile suits, how you can tell exactly what mobile suit it is because mm-hmm. they have to do that. You know, it would be incredibly confusing if, you know, like the Mark II looked the same as the Hyakushiki looked the same as the like Mark One looked the same as like the Black Gundam or something like that. Like if there was just like an because they're like in these space fights and they're you know, moving so fast and so quickly and you don't know what pilot is in what suit. So they have to kind of like make these incredibly unique shapes for these mobile suits, which is like fucking hard because mm-hmm. like, I don't know, they did such a good job with like RX-78. Like they were probably just like, fuck, how are we going to iterate on this? But yeah, um, I thought that the care that went into differentiating, differentiating the mobile suits um, was very admirable. Whoever was the character designer for... um. And I guess just I don't even know if that's character design. Probably, um, did a really really excellent job. If you think about silhouettes, I mean like the Cubelay and oh my ha- god, yeah, Haman, Haman Khan's Karn's silhouette, like both just like so easy to recognize just via silhouette. Even the mm-hmm. Double Zeta has like a very specific silhouette. Um, exactly. Like yeah, think- with like the fucking like uh the uh antennas sticking off the back yeah are those beam savers sticking off the back i don't know i never really knew what the sticks were in the back of it but yeah he has like massive or it has massive beam savers so that's probably uh what it is but i don't know there's just a there's a lot of really cool designs um even just like the character design for rue luca like and her like the star that's on her um spacesuit as well I don't know, just just a lot of a lot of really cool flourishes here and there. Let's see. I'm looking at the mobile suits right now. I'm trying to decide which ones I really really liked in terms of the Neo Zeon suits. Mm-hmm. The Arjarja. Yes, Arjarja is great. Pretty sick, nasty, and the the Bawu. I don't know if you guys remember that one. Yeah, I mean both of those are really good. Um. Which is the green one that Glimmy pilots? Is that the Arjarja or oh. like at the very end? Oh. It's very similar to the Kasatria, the, the one from Unicorn. But it, Is that the one like, that he dies in? That yeah. green mobile suit? Okay. Yeah, it's so great. And then Charasun's mobile suit at the end Charasun. that has oh, like the cool. laser cannons that shoot out of its like chest. Also very cool. I think like the design style of the mobile suits, I think... I think the design overall and the animation style is compared to Zeta is very similar. I think obviously mm-hmm. at the beginning it's like a little bit more slapstick and like the designs are a little bit more fun. But I think that the designs of the actual mobile suits, especially at the end of the series, I found a lot more appealing than the ones that they did during Zeta. Um, just because they're like a lot less like animalistic, I guess. So they're, they're more like inorganic shapes, I think. Um, which resonates with me a little bit more than like the ones that are meant to look like a bug or whatever. So and they also yeah I think by this time they've refined a lot of the uh, like the older designs. They've done mm-hmm. a lot more mm-hmm. exactly. interesting things with the the Zaku design and the what was the really popular mobile suit design in Zeta the the one that. Um, That Shar was initially piloting. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, no, isn't that the Zaku? 
it's like it's kind of similar to Hyzok, but it's different. It's a uh, fucking. It's got that mono cam in the front. Yeah, I don't know what it's called. I want to see Gelgook, but that's from zero to seventy nine. It's just like the only name I can think of. But yeah, Anyways, anyway, I yeah. think mm-hmm. I think we all agree that the the art and animation is really good. Um, compare like comparing it to Zeta, I, I think that it's pretty similar. I mean, those were made right after each other. But I am surprised. Like I did watch some clips from seventy nine recently, and I was just like, "Holy shit, that show looks like so bad compared to Zeta and Double Zeta." Well, there was just so much more detail and like a lot of the sweeping shots too. Also, I loved all the shots of space that they had. I think like specific yeah. shout out for all the shots of space that they had. That was just, I don't know. There's so many ways that you can like, uh, visually communicate like the idea of like outer space you know like you could just do like a big like star wars does like just like big black um you know like flat black planes with like a little bit of stars in it and like other places or other ips do like way more colorful stuff but i really like how um this show handles space it was like a good amount of like color they had a lot of texture like looking at it um Mm-hmm. it textures a really good word for it actually because it's like i don't know a bunch of like little stars we can see like galaxy I, I just like i really love that specific aesthetic yeah but definitely fucking um, take a shot every time i say aesthetic <laughs> <laughs> i think uh i think we should go ahead and uh, move on to music um so let's listen to the opening song all right three Here we go two one play I mean, like I, we've said it over and over again, but we just like we need to put some respect on the Gundam openings because this song is so good. It really scratches that J-pop itch, you know. Like you want to like, I want to go out, yeah, and like like hit the clubs. I just want to like like what is this shit? Like what the fuck? The like el- evolution of uh, <laughs> monkey, yeah. Like, ugh. this part is so good. We got to describe what's happening for the listeners. Here. Uh, well, I'm just thinking about the the song. I mean, just like the sequencer right there, like space. I don't know. It's so nice. Look at these cool space. Space. Yeah, so there we go. That's that's Animation Night, the the first opening. Um, let's go ahead and listen to uh, the second opening, because I mean, honestly, like as much as I love that one, I think this one's just as good. I, I mean, all right. I don't know. Let's see what you guys. This think. is gonna let be her, a fresh reaction for let's me because I didn't get to see this opening. Have you not? You haven't heard this Wait, one? Wait, this one's no, sick. This is my first Holy time. shit! This Wait, so good. Oh, it's this one. <laughs> Look at Char's hair. So pretty. This like kind of gives me a little bit of Zeta vibes. Like I feel like it's kind of similar to the Zeta like opening. Ooh, I love yeah, the. Yeah, it's pretty much city pop. I love the orchestral production in the background. Yeah. 
kind of like, I don't know, this one kind of gives me a little bit of the vibes of like James Bond opening song. Yeah. It's like, a, I don't know, like a really good working of like the theme of like what's going to be playing through the movie into the opening song. Um, I think, yeah, this one's up there. Like I think because Animation Eye is such like an out there song and it's, a, it's called It's Not an Anime, I think that it gets a lot of the credit. But as far as, like, if we had to power rank all of the opening songs so far, this might be up there for me. I think it's really good. Actually, as much as I love Anime Genai, this one is pretty fucking good. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I don't know, I also just love the the fact that they always do two. Uh, I think that's, like, a very cool uh, thing that they do with the with the Gundam series. Um, so I sent, sent you a couple others, Simon. What, what do we have next? This is kind of fun. It's like I'm the DJ. Yeah. Welcome to our radio show. This one's called Mini Mobile Suit. Awesome. We just, yeah, I think we just listen to like 20 to 30 seconds of these because it's kind of, it's kind of enough. <laughs> this is a really cool album cover. I know. I want this shit on like vinyl. Oh, that would be sick. It's got to be out there somewhere. I think this song is. This, this is, is some like, Twin Peaks vibes, dude. This is like, like this it's sounds... just like a cheeky little song. Yeah. I feel like it's like the song that happens when they're doing mischief. Yeah. Oh yeah, they're up to something. You know, like how sometimes you download a um, comedy music and you know you're doing something and it comes up makes you feel a little silly. You know, like oh, <laughs> like listening yeah. to this music automatically makes everything i'm doing feel silly that's what that song absolutely like. yeah, i'm gonna absolutely. start putting it i'm gonna put this song on next time i like pirate a movie or something <laughs> <Yeah>. like that <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna be like do do did i do that all right let's, this one uh, is called awakening yeah let's listen to awakening i think this is like the haman theme almost one comment. <laughs> uh, s- skip forward about 30 seconds in this one. Ooh, there's some sitar in this one. Yeah, this one hits right here. Whoa! <laughs> Hit you with the horns, baby! <laughs> That song's sick, dude. This makes me want to yeah. play like a, a, a retro the... beat 'em up video game. You know what I'm saying? I, yeah, I like the do 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 do. Imagine with with someone with one finger composing that song. It's like bo 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 bo. It's what it sounds like. Like I feel <laughs> yeah. like a, it, it. It's so beautiful though. <laughs> this one is called Mobile Suit Gundam ZZ, um, L and Lena. Oh, this one's beautiful. Ugh. So I actually I wanted to so I listened to all these songs, but I wanted to listen to this one with you guys because I think that this is like this one kind of demonstrates the dynamics of the show compared to oh the other songs that we're hearing. Because like I think that if you put this song in like a prestige television show today, I think that it would fit like totally. Absolutely. Fun. Yeah. This is like a 
some this could be in like an epic fantasy movie. Like no. it's it's so I can't good. believe the doosh 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 is on the same <laughs> fucking out. But like that's like I don't know, that's like why I think this show is so good. Is that it really can blend high and low and I think that that's like what's so impressive about it is the dynamics. And I think that makes like when you hear that other goofy ass song, you make just like makes this song more elevated. And that's kind of how I feel about the show in general. Yeah. It's just like mm-hmm. the blending of high and low is, is just so dialed. Um, but mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I was just like really struck by how beautiful. Like I listened to like most of these other songs. I was just like, yeah, I get the vibe. But I listened to this whole one because I was like, the song is good. It's so, like, it's very dramatic, and it's got, like, uh, it's got that style of music that was popular, like, during the transition from the 70s to the 80s, like, with that kind of clarinet Mm -hmm. style. I don't know. Like, I feel like it's rainy outside, and I'm sitting in a bar, and it feels, like, sad and lonely a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah, you're, like, thinking about, like, you know, thinking about your girl, about, like, how you're you're off at the war, and, like, you know, thinking about getting back home. And then you're gonna call her up, but then you lost your Rolodex, so you don't know what her number is anymore. Exactly. You don't have enough dimes for the... the payphone. For the phone. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) This one is called Endora. Oh, it's this one. Yeah, I wanted to play this one because it's such a specific sound. I like this comment on the YouTube video. Yeah, what's it say? This has always sounded like a bunch of angry synth birds to me. <laughs> Usually, Mashmar is stroking the rose from Haman Khan when you hear it. <laughs> <laughs> I think that... Uh, can we go ahead and give that a, a thumbs up? Go ahead and give that comment yeah. a thumbs up. give it a thumbs up. There we this go. person just commented Haman Khan on it. <laughs> also, give that one a thumbs up. Yeah, I got you, my guy. I think, like, the... <laughs> it gives it, like, a nice tension, like, oh, no, like, yeah. shit is about to go down. <laughs> it's also... It also just sounds just, like, a little off. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it just... It doesn't sound fully... It's got or, some like, dissonance to it. You're, like, you, you, you're on your toes yeah. a little bit. Have you ever mm-hmm. heard? Do you guys remember the soundtrack to the movie The Shining? Yeah, I do. It actually. sounds exactly like that. Yeah, it's like yeah, very unsettling. Which is like because Exa- it's again. like human voices. Like you don't like hearing yeah. that really. No, no, not at all. All right, um, last one. We got Mystery Girl Rue Luca. You know I had to put this one on here. Yeah. Fuck. Oh, I know. It's so good. I'm like about to go. Imagine if this is your soundtrack. <laughs> That's such hot girl shit. I'm about to go prancing through a meadow. You know? <laughs> I like want to sample this shit. What's uh? What are, what are we seeing in the comments here? Um, the good yes. vibes theme. Hell yeah! Give that a thumbs up. All right. Uh, we got this person just says "puru puru puru puru." All exclamation points. <laughs> Give that a thumbs um, up. <laughs> this person said, also known as Puru Puru Puru. <laughs> Give that a thumbs up. Yeah. What else we got? Uh, Ru Luca, she mystifies some big wheels. Many. Beguiles, my man. Beguiles. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen, man. Oh, she's quite big wheeling. In <laughs> baby girl you, you be me, me. 
Um, don't, and this don't one speak has to me ever again. This one has two timestamps, and it says had a little Hogwarts theme in it. Mm, so that's down. at one thirty. <laughs> yeah, fuck that. Thumbs this down. is this is an no. OST. Wait, no. I just I just normalized this. It had one thumbs up, and I just gave it a thumbs down. We don't like Harry Potter here. We're not Wait, nerds. Ho Hogwarts is Hogwarts part is coming up. The timestamp is three, two, one. Listen. Fuck you. Yeah, you don't know no what idea. Like, so stupid. Like, like, I can. I'm replying you... to this one actually. Have you... <laughs> no. Listen Simon. to the Quidditch match. <laughs> I'm You see what I'm responding? <laughs> you read it out loud for the listeners? Yeah, yeah I responded, what is Hogwart? <laughs> Thumbs up. And let's just keep an eye on this throughout the less of the uh, throughout the rest of the show. We'll just see if this person responds. It's the only way we can get people to interact <laughs> with our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I was gonna send you, I was gonna send you another, but um, dude, just have me look it up, my guy. Uh, yeah, so it's Frasier <laughs> theme song. All right, um, let's give this <laughs> give guy this a try. So this world. one was so this, if I remember mm. correctly, um. It uh it appears at the beginning of every episode of Frasier, but it also appears um whenever Torres came on. It was kind of his theme that he adopted yeah. in the uh It was also funny that he was singing it. Torres was singing it. Yeah, he sang it a cappella too. Yeah. And he did all the voices. What are the comments on this? <laughs> what a good song but also like what a weird song to be on one of the most popular TV shows on <laughs> yeah, television what was the decision I want to know what the, the thinking was behind that creative decision Wait, what does that say that's Holy... a really big comment on this YouTube okay alright hey this is um, uh, Frasier fan cam time uh, this is the segment of the show where we give you a little bit of Frasier trivia. Mm -hmm. um, this trivia um, was posted five years ago by Tony Polito. Um, for you of those that don't know Tony, he has a YouTube account in which he has three videos. One of them is Ellera Las Vegas Room 503 Living Room Window, um, uh, in which he just appears to... L look out a okay. window. This is like really scaring me. I don't... <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> this is pathological. I really think we should contact the authorities. <laughs> yeah, this is. Why so, is he walking anyways, up so slowly um, to that window? So Tony Polito, best known for his footage of uh, the Las Vegas Strip. Um, says the composer of this theme song explained the lyrics basically he was told to craft a tune that was intellectual and jazzy but not to make any direct references to Frasier or any parts of the show itself <laughs> the first line is about sad listeners calling the second line is how mixed up tossed scrambled the callers are the third line is about Frasier himself is far from perfect a bit confused but he still comes up with the answers for his callers he's got him pegged most of the time at least 
but sometimes he doesn't know what to do with those mixed up, tossed, scrambled callers when they call again. <laughs> um, Kelsey Grammer himself delivers the vocals. Wow. The first reply to this is, a smallest mystery in my life has been answered. <laughs> um, it's also weird because it's foreshadowing to the episode of Frasier where Frasier gets pegged. Um, yeah, it's it's a uh, that that is it, it does reference the, the scene when Frasier does have a small um, fake penis shoved into his butt. You know, by all his this, best friend Niles. All this, all this to say that the music in Double Zeta is good. <laughs> it's a really, you know, this this all leaves me feeling really. You know what? Just music, period, is pretty this, good. You know, it could, <laughs> this leaves me feeling really tossed and scrambled, guys. Uh... <laughs> the only thing that would have made uh, the opening to Double Zeta better is if Kelsey Grammer had delivered the vocals himself. Like, we should do another show where we just like go down YouTube rabbit Ooh, holes. Oh yeah, yeah. What is this? What is is there audio to this? It's called, or is he just it's, kinda... called, it's called Squirmy Parrot LCD. <laughs> He's just poking it. Okay. Anyway, um, yeah, this man, uh stick to giving Frasier trivia. It's kind of yeah. terrifying. So I think um, do you all have any final thoughts on the music of Double Zeta? I think that it's no. it, pretty similar to Zeta as far as the music. I think they even reused a lot of the music from Zeta in Double Zeta. Uh, but I do think that the themes are definitely the highlight. Um, and then I think the rest yeah, of the music just worked for... really well again. Yeah, you like... um took them i i haven't listened to them without the context of the show um and it's really fun to listen to like soundtracks like that sometimes because i don't know you definitely don't appreciate them especially if like the characters are like talking over the music or they're like used to supplement a scene mm -hmm. um but they're kind of nice to just hear by themselves and you know sometimes. what i also think that i also just think that you hear them so much that they kind of lose meaning like they're just you hear a lot of the same songs over and over again, and it, it just like kind of elicits a feeling uh -huh. a lot of the times where you're just like, "This is the goofy song. This is the happy song. This is the right. the mystery mystery song." So it's kind of mm -hmm. nice to hear them outside of the show to kind of like allow you to appreciate the actual musicianship of how good some of those songs are. I encourage mm -hmm. everyone mm -hmm. to uh, get in a dark room, maybe put on a lamp that projects stars on your ceiling. Uh, close your eyes and just kind of listen to the soundtrack and take a take a tab of acid and just... have your own little adventure in Gundam Mobile Suit Double Zeta. You will that become a like... new type. Anyway, with that, I think it's time. I think it's time for us to take a break. We will be back in a moment. Stick with us. It's only getting better from here, guys. Dude, it's been good. Are you kidding me? The listeners love this stuff. <laughs> we'll see you soon. Bye. Hello, everybody. Uh, thank you for giving us a listen. We really appreciate it. And we love the fact that people listen to the show at all. That's awesome. But what would really help us is if you left us a rating and review that would just do wonders for us. Um, it wouldn't take too long. Just, you know, 
maybe two minutes. So if you could do that, that'd be great. Now, back to the show. thing about Ollie Ball, his dad is a lawyer, and he's very protective <laughs> over his TikTok son. Uh, I did want to mention that uh, earlier when, Christian, you asked what I've been uh, watching. I should have mentioned I've been watching <laughs> Ollie Ball TikTok compilations on YouTube and uh, also Halo Halo TikTok, or not TikTok, but Halo compilations on YouTube. That's like been my main viewing. Um, but anyway, Halo welcome comp- back to the show. Uh, no, 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 the Halo compilations are so good. Also, are they like uh, trick shots? Yes, I've like been getting a lot of trick shots and speed running, uh, just like right into my feed on YouTube. It's insane. Three it's hard domains. to do, hard to get any work done in this house. Um, but welcome back to uh, the second part of the show. Um, I think we're we're gonna jump into character and story. Um, and so I kind of broke this down uh, as what does the story do well and what mm-hmm. doesn't work for Double Zeta. Um, so again, I think, I think that, I don't know, I was trying to think of like what the thesis statement is for Double Zeta. Like what are they trying to impart on us? Right. Bro, it's the same as 0079 and it's the same as Zeta. Like, I, I feel like the theme thematically, all of these shows kind of like, they picked a pretty basic theme of like, I don't know. War is bad. Uh, war is bad. The military industrial complex, um, takes advantage of those who might not otherwise be a part of it and yeah i mean there's definitely like that's definitely like the theme but i think that within each series and even in in, like within different episodes like they obviously touch on a lot of different subjects um Mm -hmm. as well i mean like even just in in double zeta there's definitely a lot of uh stuff about you know men versus women and how they're treated in in this kind of military complex there's also a lot of that in zeta um obviously a lot of stuff about like evolution of humans um a lot of family stuff in this i'd I'd say more than any other um because like i mean in zeta like obviously the family stuff was just like camille's parents getting no scoped in the first like three episodes and he's like fuck that i'm out but this one like especially with the whole play sublet um subplot um christian also i mean don't let this get to your head. When we played the games, they did pronounce it Peru. Oh, they did. Um, uh, n- yeah, no, no, no. We've already talked about it enough, See, though. Uh, um, we, we right. me and Michael also, in the, the in the safety of my own home called you correct. Okay, yeah. and we're gonna move on. Don't let it get to your head. Okay? It's too late. We don't. It's we don't need to say it's anything. Too else. Late. <laughs> it's too late. Um, Game over. But but what, anyways. So I I couldn't I didn't quite settle on like a, a specific thesis statement, but I do think that one of the kind of one of the things that Tomino clearly wanted to do with this show is character development. Um, and mm-hmm. so I think this double Zeta more than zero zero seventy nine and Zeta focuses a lot on character growth. Mm. Um, so the characters, they grow quite a bit as the story goes on. Um, their perceptions of themselves in the world seems to change a quite bit more than they did in the previous uh, series. And judo as a protagonist fundamentally grew and changed as the story went on. Um, I think the dynamics of his growth also changed. So how basically how he's perceived and how he perceives things um, is is constantly growing and changing. Um, And I think that's like one of the biggest strengths of the show. Cause I think if we compare it to Amaro 
in 79, like, Amuro gets better, but does he change fundamentally? Like, at, like does his attitude towards the world change that much? I, I don't know. I, like, I'm having a hard time, like, really remembering his character growing that much. I think... As far I as, like, feel maturing. like he just takes his same, um, like how his his same worldview and just applies it to a different setting. Like his worldview yeah. doesn't change in zero zero seventy nine. However, I think that like Judo's worldview like fundamentally changes after like his family is taken away from him. He sees his friends mm-hmm. start to you know change loyalties and everything. Like he is uh, all of his surroundings and everything that he knows is constantly changing. So he cannot possibly have the same worldview that he had on Shangri-La. Like, going back mm-hmm. to the, the family theme, and then also at the same time thinking about what each uh, main protagonist's motivations were uh, in terms of their involvement in each conflict, right? So Amuro and Camille are these two kids who are a part of the this kind of, like, scientist elite, <laughs> I guess, so they yeah. they uh they're kind of thrown in. They don't really know why they're there. They just know that they have to survive till tomorrow. And mm-hmm. through that they struggle, they realize the importance of like protecting the the people around you and forming those bonds and this and that. And um Judo, on the other hand, he clearly knows what exactly he's fighting for from the get-go. You know, he's like, uh, mm-hmm. I'm I wanna make this a better place to live in for my sister and um, exactly the the actual war the politics of it all doesn't really matter it's it's more Mm -hmm. about his own convictions and and then um i thought was interesting i was reading this little essay that somebody wrote up on reddit which um (laughs) i know sounds okay it sounds (laughs) ridiculous but you brought up a good point but basically just saying that um one of the main points of double Zeta is kind of demonstrate how like the different ways someone can deal with the, the empathy brought on by new type abilities. Mm -hmm. Yeah. On Camille's Mm -hmm. case, it drove him mad. Right. And he kind of gave in to the violence and the, the hopelessness and Mm -hmm. judo on the other hand, um, always sought to try and use his new type abilities to kind of, find another way or find try and find another solution yeah. and um it ended up using wow. a more hopeful way that's a really good observation christian i i think actually i think that the show is more that like the theme is more about empathy and how you use like your mm-hmm. knowledge of how others mm-hmm. are feeling you know mm-hmm. because like i don't know that's like a struggle that I like I'm definitely going through a lot right now where like I feel like I understand a lot of how the world works and a lot of you know like how things are completely unfair for others and it you know like that is enough to like drive you insane if you just like you know dwell on just how little you can do to help anybody like there's it's very um it it's it's it gets very lonely very fast and i feel like you you can turn into a shell of a person if you just right, lose it, all hope like kind of like if you're Camille. stuck thinking about how what can i do against this massive problem uh and it's i think it's almost by design in terms of you know uh climate change for example like there's no yeah. way you as one person can do anything about it right but 
you and maybe a few hundred friends start sharing posts and start doing a petition. And next thing you know, like it's more than just you. So I think that's kind of the point Mm -hmm. of like Gundam in that, you know, like as an individual, you try to shoulder all of that. You're you'll, you might go crazy, but you know, well, the new types that the new types that really prosper are those that are surrounded by a really good core group of friends the new types that perish are like i'm thinking of all of the enemy new types they're very much put out by themselves and just like kind of like you have no support we know that you're special but like go fuck it up by yourself well i mean i don't think that camille perished i think camille's going through it but like camille is surrounded by fucking fa he has like somebody that loves him so so much like that can't be said for you know Charasun or play two or something like that where they are kind of presented to these conflicts completely by themselves mm-hmm. um so yeah no empathy is such a tough thing but it, it's very yeah I, I wish i could take credit for all these takes but the like the essay was it also brought up how haman and haman karn is the foil to judo in that the way she uses Whoa. her new type abilities is to manipulate and to subjugate people or to use them as a means to an end. So she doesn't really care about Mashamar. Mm-hmm. She doesn't really care about um, all these people who are, you know, or Karasun. Uh, yeah, I mean, she literally, like, assigns handlers uh-huh. to people to like, to, like, force their hand in doing her yeah. bidding. And yeah. she... Um, which is just like such an evil trait. Right. And she wants like quote unquote peace and all that good stuff, mm-hmm. but she doesn't care how she accomplishes that. Right. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think that like what judo grows in as a character is like how much responsi- responsibility he's willing to like take on his shoulders for the good of the people that he cares about, but also just for like the good of humanity and the good of like the universe moving forward. And I think that's like, even from the beginning, he's a character who clearly like wants the best for the people around him and the family that he's chosen to have. But the, the amount of responsibility that he's willing to take on is kind of like hit the, the part of his character that kind of grows throughout the story. Yeah. Um, and also holding the people around him accountable and, um, just allowing them to grow as well. Well, Um, I think that if you have a lot of empathy, that is a really effective way. Like what judo did is a real, like how he handles situations and just like takes mm -hmm. responsibility. Like that's an incredibly good way to kind of weaponize your empathy for good, you know, just being like, exactly. I don't know that that's really admirable. Almost. Damn. Tomino must be so like such a nice guy. Like he's probably really, really sad a lot of the time, but I don't yeah, know. I think I think he is. Um, but as far as character growth, I think that like obviously we love judo as a protagonist. I think we've all talked about that quite a bit. But I think that the the theme of growth doesn't just go through him, because I think we see that in a lot of the characters. Uh Peru for one, both Peru one and two growing quite a bit you know dealing with insecurity and then you know finding the family that they they want to be a part of um i think both of those characters grow quite a bit obviously bicha and mondo were complete shitheads um and then kind of like 
grew his characters and also willing they as redeemed well. themselves. Yeah, they did. They, redeemed yeah, themselves. they did. They they truly did. Yeah. And again, that's like that's another that's another um example of the dynamics of the show. Like mm-hmm. having them be the shitheads that they were at the beginning makes it so much more satisfying at the end when Beecha takes on the role as a captain and, you know, is willing to you know, take on the responsibility of, of helping his friends. Um, totally. She was like the same people he was wanting to sell out at the beginning of the show. And as frustrating as that was to watch, it makes the ending so much more satisfying. Yeah. Um, and ev- even bright as a character, this is the only series where he comes to a conclusion by the end of like changing his ways. I, I mean, like in the other series, he's just a constant, like he stays the same throughout right. the series. He slaps, he throws you the brig. He doesn't really change how he's treating, you know, Amro or Camille or anyone around him. But at the end of yeah. this, he's willing to to say that, like, he's just like, I'm you know, done. I'm like, gonna, I can't I'm do gonna it let, anymore. Yeah. yeah, I'm gonna let these kids take over this, and I'm gonna not gonna like, you know, be a helicopter captain. I'm gonna the fuck. He's just unbutton like, my <laughs> shirt a little bit. Uh, you know, drink a couple whiskeys. He's the cool dad now. He retired. <laughs> yeah, he's Jay. I think he's like. <laughs> He moved to Portland, Oregon, and retired. Yeah, how, how when people like he got really into disc golf. People go through some shit, and like all of a sudden, all their mm. small anxieties, uh, they don't give a fuck about them anymore. It's kind of, he like, you know, he's like somebody who's like seen some shit, and so he has that kind. Yeah. Of, he has some perspective, and so he's like, yeah, man, you know, whatever, because. I feel like a lot, like a big turning point for him is when he got his ass beat. And yeah, dude, like, no, at the beat, I think like this, cause the show starts with, um, yes. Right. The show starts with him as a Titan, um, Mm -hmm. captain, right. Where he's just getting like shit on constantly because he's like this old dude that like nobody cares about. And like, nobody cares about what he did in like the one year war and everything. And, like, even that, like, time in between, like, was probably very developmental yeah. for him. And he kind of, like, realized that, I don't know, there's only so much that he can do, like, in the position mm-hmm. he's in. And that maybe he can, I don't know. He kind of just turned into a wife guy, to be honest. Like, I feel like he <laughs> felt bad. That fucking just left, um, what's his wife's name? Not Mirai. Mirai. It's Mirai. It is? Like, the name of that other anime? Yeah. Oh, I never put that together. Um, yeah. So um, as far as other things that I thought the story did well, I think that it built on what Zeta did really well. So Zeta sets up Haman as a like a really good villain. Um, and then I think that Double Zeta just took that to its natural conclusion. Um, and it also adds in elements of Zeta um, at really good points, like when it adds Camille and Fa back into the story to kind of like raise the stakes. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, adding in some characters that we really care about because we've been them with them for 50 episodes mm-hmm. in the past. Um, again, the, the dynamics of that story create really like a really good drama when the when the tone shifts away from what Double Zeta was doing to kind of like back into what Zeta was doing. And again, like I think that one of the things we've talked about quite a bit as we were watching, but I think that Double Zeta is fully hit its stride as far as the structure the structure of this series is so much better than Zeta and 0079, at least in my opinion. I think that the way that the side stories are broken down, the the way the non-cyclical nature of it, 
works really well um, compared to Zeta um, where things seem to happen in like three or four episode cycles and they yeah. kind of rinse and repeat. Um, mm-hmm. This didn't have nearly as much rinse and repeat. Like they seem to be moving straight forward in almost a straight line as opposed to, to and it was almost like, like um weird um like vectors going off from the main story sometimes, exactly. which I thought yeah. was like, it, which is different from like a cyclical of just like, Oh, we're mm-hmm. going through the same vector over and over again. It was just yeah. like, no, we're going to try out this like new format of a fucking TV show for, you yeah. know, three episodes, like fucking moon moon. Like let's fuck it up. Exactly. Like, like yeah. What's and again, happen? two episodes, two episodes, exactly. like, two, not three or four. Right. And then, like, but then it just, it's not the it same slingshots thing. back to the main storyline of like, yeah. Oh, we got to take that. Like, I almost forgot that Haman was the main villain. Oh, oh my gosh. That Haman was the main <laughs> villain. Like I'm fucking Keep 13. To all the po- <laughs> listeners out there. Villain. <laughs> the villain. Um, damn. I can't wait to hit puberty. Um, <laughs> no, God, no, that's a great that's point. Okay. And but, like to, um, <laughs> thank you for saving me christian <laughs> i love These you bot- they, that and they're almost like bottle episodes in some ways but um mm-hmm. they mm-hmm. still really do a good job at serving the the overall theme of the yes. show at the same time even yeah even the moon moon saga pays off in the end because sarasa and rasara are brought back into the story and one of them dies to service the growth of a character i mean although like i don't agree with the the constant martyrdom of our female characters, but to, to just like make a a dude character realize that like he has to fight or whatever, but like at least it served the story in a way that a lot of the characters in the previous series didn't seem to like quite make, like make their mark on the story. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think that like bringing people back from further away, like further back in the story is just like a really nice, nice way to like add in a little bit of flavor. Um, and I did want to go over a couple things that I thought didn't work as well, uh, with double Zeta. Obviously we've covered some of these, um, but Fa, of course, at the beginning of the series was so underutilized, um, and criminally treated (laughs) by the story. Um, It left a bad taste in my mouth. Down bad. hundred percent. Like that was probably, and like to, to the point where like you almost wanted her to leave the story. Um, yeah, but then again, that ended up serving better when her and Camille come back into the story in Dublin, you know. But I just feel like the the lack of respect that Fog got at the beginning of the story was really hard to watch. Um, mm-hmm. L and Rue also, I don't feel like they developed as much as other characters. Yeah. They seem pretty consistent. They were just... Rue especially. I think yeah. like I I would be okay. Like I didn't even like really understand what the point of rue was like she was just a really cool pilot that just like yeah fucking like joined them and they're like okay now we have another female character like yeah well i just think it was like it's kind of frustrating that they're cool from moment one both l and rue are just yeah. lovable characters throughout the entire series they don't do anything wrong they don't grow they just but they're are linear good. it's just yeah, like fucking they're... like constant flat curve yeah and then like the show puts Beach and Mondo like cut. They basically yeah. cut, get cut off by Beach and Mondo who become like better. And then they, they shoulder more responsibility. The one caveat exactly. that, to that is that Rue got one of my favorite moments of oh, the show, which obviously. is the, is like the, the murder of Glimmy that like epic <laughs> sniper shot that she did was so cool. 
Um, the murder especially of after just being out, the new 60 yeah. minute special <laughs> but that, but if, when i think about it that's the only real like emotionally heavy scene that she's in um and like that's, yeah. that's emotionally complicated for her character exactly and then for l the most emotionally yeah. complicated situation her character gets is whether she likes judah or bicha and um yeah you know we obviously want so much more for those characters. Honestly, I am a little disappointed that Rue goes off with Judah. I want to see Rue and Elle kind of have their own buddy cop. Mm-hmm. I want Rue to go on like um uh like a Django Fett yeah, route, uh-huh. you know, where she's just like going around the galaxy, just like bounty hunting. That and shit. Would be that'd be so insane. cool. Or like an assassin kind of type deal. Yeah, hundred percent. So I, I mean, I did think that like she got the what I would say is the coolest like moment in the series, mm-hmm. killing Glimmy, uh, because she was basically getting sexually harassed by Glimmy the entire series. <laughs> um, but other yes. than that, like I, I didn't feel like their characters came to the conclusions that like they they could have. Yeah. Although I love, I just, I just like I mean that just speaks to how much I love the characters. So, um, you know, who knows. Uh, and the only other things I have to say is that I did think that the ending of the series lost a little bit of the momentum that was building in the middle of the series. Um, when I think about the best parts of Double Zeta, I think it's the episodes on Earth um, with the colony drop and Camille and Fa. I think that the last episodes, while they were good, they weren't as good as those middle episodes. Um Whereas I think 079, especially like the ending was just like full steam ahead momentum. Right. Mm-hmm. Like it was just growing and growing. This right. one kind of died off a little bit. Um, but all in all, I still think the ending was like really satisfying. This show uh, seems like just way more dense than 0079. So I think that oh, if yeah. like <laughs> it was to be um like, you know, an exponential curve to the end, like that would be an insane television series we'd be watching. Yeah. Um, and then the, the only last thing that I say that I, I didn't think is like quite one of the strong points is just that the, the legacy of the series isn't fully linked to the rest of the story. Um, so, and obviously we're about to get into this with critical reception and, you know, fan reception, but I think that from what I understand, this series is kind of thrown away by the showrunners, um, which to me is very frustrating because I think that it's one of the better ones that I've seen, if not the best you know, mm. series that I've seen so yeah. far. So um, I think it sucks that we went through all of that. And I don't know if we get anything else with judo or Rue or any of these characters that, that we really grew to love. So, you know, maybe that's good in a way because it's just like a self-contained story, but I was do... it like a nail in a coffin. Do you think like, you think Tomino was done with them? I you, I really don't know. I mean, we're only going to find out as we watch more, but I, I do think that just the story of these characters didn't have legs as much as Camille and Amaro and, you know, the original stories. So I, I just don't think that the reception to this was that good when it came out. Um, but Christian can speak on that now as we move into reception. Uh, and uh, what what people have to say? What do what do the folks out there out there have to what say? What does the public yeah. have? No one's say. allowed to have an opinion except for us. Um, <laughs> I will say that you know, looking at the reviews, um, there's, there's somewhat of a range of responses, but by and large, there you'll get the same 
reaction in almost every post that you read, right? Even the even the people who like, for example, in the Amazon reviews, even the people who put five stars on there had something to gripe about, you know. And of course, that yeah. that goes for anything, but um, it was always the same criticism, which is of course the the rapid change of tone that comes up at the beginning of the series, right? Mm -hmm. And it almost like reading through all the reviews, I got a little impatient with it. Like, like, gosh, this is such a boring take. But um, mm -hmm. if you're if you're new to it, essentially, <clears throat> uh, people are not fans generally of the lighthearted energy that the first fifteen episodes of the show kind of provide. I feel like if that is your take, that like that's that seems like such a lazy like mm -hmm. perception of it like you're only like you're like oh i saw like fucking big titties like i can't take this seriously where's my mecha uh -huh. anime like well okay up. and that, here's like, the thing is some i was reading a <clears throat> a post or whatever and it kind of says something to the effect of like gundam fans tend to take themselves and the series really seriously and so this and is true. i watching Double Zeta, it felt like the series was kind of poking fun of it at itself a little while. Cause it here is mm -hmm. here's a show that's having massive success, you know, kind of like this nowhere IP and it it becomes this cult classic, and the next thing you know, it's like this uh rocket, right? And um I think Tomino himself realized like, gosh, like this is so freaking serious. You know, I need some there needs to be a change of pace here. And I think uh, people are very quick to just kind of dismiss that and not realize that the, that tone is actually very purposeful um, and intentional. It's not, mm -hmm. it's not just pure experimentation. Um, but yeah. I think that's yeah. part of the reason why I like watching the show with like you, Christian and you, Michael so much, because like, we like we take things seriously like there are things like that in life that like we are very very passionate about and i think that's like really cool but i don't know gundam like we just like we we don't feel the need to like micro analyze we're we do feel the need to do it we have we're a fucking season three of a podcast <laughs> but we like don't feel the need to just like complain about like mm -hmm. every single facet of it like we love not taking it seriously you know like there's mm -hmm. like it's a fucking it's a children's show like like we're not like it's not meant to take seriously necessarily like you shouldn't like i don't i i think that you would be sorely um disappointed if you just like treated this like you were watching the yeah. fucking wire or something like that well, like i think i think that there's just like this prominent thing where people don't believe that things can be like two things like things are always one right. thing in like binary logic the hill, baby <laughs> i have to die on the hill that this thing is one thing like double zeta is a joke yeah it treats the series like a joke but like it does to service the other thing that it does which is it takes itself very seriously at the right. same time like it does yeah. both. And yes if you're if you're not willing to go through the joke you're not going to get the payoff which is the fact that like it has the dynamics it, it makes you feel really strongly through you know growing through the joke so i i don't know like 
you can't understand that if you can't work through that section of it. Like if you if you only believe that things are one thing, of course you're not you're gonna, gonna like have a it. hard yeah you're gonna yeah. have a hard time you know because accepting the, that. the lightness of the beginning of the show is supposed to symbolize or be analogous to the naivety or the 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 youth the freshness of these new oh, characters totally. and yeah that obviously mm-hmm. changes midway through the show as like things get more serious and the stakes become more real and people start dying and it starts dawning on them that they have responsibility outside of selling junk for money, you know? So, um, right. That <laughs> it's supposed to kind of do that. Like what war does to innocence. And yeah, there's all these different things you can draw out of it and talk about or analyze because mm-hmm. of that's there. Right. And, um, you know, and then two, like the even, kind of worst take is the people <laughs> uh, i don't know how many people are complaining about the lack of a dub but um the people dismiss <laughs> oh, this really? show just because there's no dub of it uh, bro that's like borderline xenophobic like <laughs> <laughs> yeah i i like i i know that you said you were gonna do the reviews but i did uh just to see if there were funny ones out there I uh, I did um, just look around and it, like the amount of complaining on Amazon, <laughs> like giving a giving giving a Blu-ray one star because there's no dub is just so funny well, to that me. People feel so betrayed. You're like, uh, in the description it said that it was dubbed, and obviously it's not. <laughs> you know, it's like, bro, they started talking and it sounded like squiggles were coming out of their mouth. <laughs> like, like, not what? about this. <laughs> we should just we should dub Zeta and this is that for everybody's it's like lives. Used vomit yeah. noises. Yeah, here's your dub, uh, bitch. Like, while we're on here, I actually I wrote down a, a burning question uh, for this week. So, you did what? question do you guys would you want sunrise to produce a dub or do a remake of double zeta no Mm, yes if they put an all-star cast together like if they put some like actual names on it yeah i would listen i would watch the dub i think i've been getting like really freaked out by anime dubs recently because like when I like when I watch it, I just can't help but think of like these American people just like reading a script inside of a recording room and just being like, "What the fuck am I reading?" Because like that's how a lot of it like gets communicated. Like unless it's yeah. like like Ghibli, for example, does like a really good job. Like they're like they're proud of their like American dubs. They get like like well known yes, Western actors exactly. to like do all their shit. And, I actually. Like, disagree with you i it takes me out of it when i hear an actor that really no real like like christian bale and house moving castle you're like that's batman like that's not or, um who's the famous actor who's in princess mononoke um billy oh, billy bob is it billy bob i think what really um yeah i think he i think he's that in it um, sounds likely and, it and takes it, you like, out of it yeah it like completely took me out of it also weathering with you is an anime movie that i really like um, but like halfway through it, I realized one of the characters was dubbed by Allison Brie, like an actress oh my, that I really like. Community, oh my yeah, god! Yeah, and I was just like, 
That's so weird. It it's takes just like you weird out of to it, me. Huh? I would love yeah. that. I would be like, oh shit, well, this is then cool. They're like, you know. Um, I love that too. They're usually better at speaking. Um, I don't know. To like dub an anime, I feel like you need to be really expressive because the like the source material um, is like it's very yeah. very expressive. So it like yeah. doesn't I mean, work be, so much. If I just it's, like, I just monotone. think that the people that do voice acting for a living are better than just like actors, in my opinion. I, yes. I think that. They're, I don't know, they just like are more emotive but there's so with much their voice. Yeah, specifically for video like, games. Like, you know, body language is, uh, makes up a good majority of com- communication or like a significant proportion of it. So they have mm. to communicate those feelings and, mm-hmm. you know, and expressions mm-hmm. without that, which is pretty amazing. Um, yeah. Um, Actually, but back to the question, I. There is an obsession in the Gundam community with remaking things uh, that I find just absolutely infuriating. Um, I mine the Gundam Reddit for content for the show, uh, and I just like it. I get on there and I end up just logging off very frustrated by the fact that every everyone just wants a remake of everything. Once everything remade, like we got to remake 0079, we got to remake Zeta. They should remake Double Zeta, but good. And it's just Dude, like these things already and they're exist. already There's amazing. Some, like, <laughs> yes. There is a 15 year old out there that watched Gundam Zeta when they were 15, and they're like, "This is the coolest thing I've ever seen in my life." And then they spent their whole life mastering art and like getting mm-hmm. incredibly good at storytelling. Like, I want to hear like they should keep making new content yeah. and like putting more storytellers in the seat exactly. with just this like ip like that's the beauty of a fucking like strong ip like this like fucking mm. star wars is a great example of this christian like just get yeah. new writers get authors that like are coming from wherever the fuck and just like mm-hmm. give them the and give let them the play space and do just, like, the see new what they like do. take the stories and completely new different i don't want to see yeah, a remake be, like, of anything do a bad job you know, do I'm, a good job i've already yeah, seen it exactly. i already know what yeah. fucking happens yeah. I mean, I think Simon and I talked about this quite a bit with video games, but the obsession in video game fandom to remake every video game instead of just playing the original that you liked already. Bro, it's like, an allocation of resources, too. Like, there's a finite yeah. number of people who can, like, I don't, especially for, like, like fucking, like, I don't know. What's a game that got remade recently? Tony Hawk's Pro Skater <laughs> 1 and 2. Yes, exactly. Don't remake Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 and 2. It was a sick formula. It was a sick formula in 2008. Honestly, in 2021, there's, like, better video games out there than Tony Hawk Pro Skater 1 and 2. Like, use that team of, like, really talented coders and, like, artists and managers and producers. It takes a fucking village and you're, like, remaking a game that came out in 2008 for PS4. Like... I mean, I get financially why they do that. Like, people are going to, like, I, I like I understand the grind, like, of making money. But, like, in my world that I live in, where I think that video games exist in a vacuum and that money doesn't... Is it important? Isn't real. <laughs> um, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, yeah, well, would... like, that... It only services so far. Like, I played the Tony Hawk games with Alex, and, like, it was fun for 20 the minutes. The new one? But then I, then I was just like, I want to play a new map and it's just it's just the same maps i've played a lot when i was a kid just like with better graphics but like it didn't add anything bro but alex fucking spent 60 bucks on it and like yeah that like he he, like they played the game you know what i'm saying like yeah that's the point right there but i i don't know i i I don't mean to sound all holier than thou too i also love 
remastered versions of games um mm-hmm. for every once in a while but yeah yeah all that being said that like i just there we only get so much new stuff like why do we want to have the same thing like zero like i don't know we watched zero zero seventy nine and i thought it aged incredibly well yeah and it was good and watchable it was so watchable and the fact that everyone wants a remake it just like find i find that so frustrating because <laughs> like i would rather see a new really good show a new really good universe or it's something. offensive and honestly i think sometimes too uh you know, no one will approach or like see a movie the same way uh, twice. You're always gonna notice something totally. different. You're always gonna feel a little bit different about it each time you watch it. And I think what's happening is people are like have this initial reaction, and then that's it for them. As opposed to maybe yeah. like you know giving another like living a little bit of life and then coming back to it and then because hey when you're older and that's the prestige baby that's the prestige (laughs) baby because you gotta season a little bit you gotta age a little bit like wine to appreciate the finer things in life and i think uh exactly you know the the broke takes are probably coming from these like little tweeny babies who don't know how to appreciate anything yeah i do i do like not want to just credit all of the bad opinions to children because there are a lot of people that we know who are our age or older who have shitty opinions. Like I also that don't sucks, think that Gundam man. has like a, like a large like child audience. Like I think it's mostly <laughs> people us are above. I just think that they're like misguided on what they want. And the thing is, is like when this stuff comes out, they're going to say it was like fine, but it wasn't, you know, as good or like it just didn't hit, hit quite right. I mean, it's the same thing. Like, there's an obsession on the Gundam with the Gundam fandom with a live action Gundam movie. I'm like, why would you want that? Like the Transformers movies are a literal like butt of a joke. Like because like all you're going to do is you're going to hate it if it, be, if it is good because it becomes Fucking popular. Sonic the Hedgehog live action baby. Let's go. Yeah. I just like, I, why do we want to make everything live action? It's so shitty. It's like perfect how it people is. People just Shut love like up. poking of the bowl, you know? They like just, yeah. I don't know. People, it's it's so easy to type up on the internet just like to get behind like a fucking meme joke. It's really hard yeah. to get on the internet and like truly want to celebrate something. That is something yeah. that is few and far between. You know what? Let's not talk about this anymore because yeah, I don't no. want to give Let's that any more of my mental space. I like uh, all of our opinions. We're just excited about stuff. Well, it's exactly. Fun. I will say the, the Forbes article that came that Forbes article came out pretty recently, didn't it? The one that the one that I sent yeah. you. <laughs> yeah. That, uh, the Forbes article is like it has a really positive review of the show, and so I think there people yeah. are starting to come around on it, uh, and people are starting to appreciate it, give a little more credit than it has been. No, I think. Yeah, I think there's a massive fandom for this show in this series. I think that like it's just marred down by people who haven't even seen it, who just think it's Charasoon in a sub. Like that's all they care about is like the subtitles and Charasoon or whatever. So no no need to give them any more um time on this show. No. Christian, did you have did you have anything else that stuck out um by reading all the reviews and stuff? Um, no, not really. I mean, except I think the essay was the most interesting thing that I found on there. Mm-hmm. Like, like, and even Whoever that wrote person, that essay, thank you for sharing that publicly. That was very thoughtful of you. Uh, that person like finishes the the essay 
by shitting on Double Zeta. I was like, if you noticed, I really didn't have anything <laughs> interesting to say about Double Zeta because it sucks. And I was like, okay, wow. <laughs> oh, wait, right. they just spent all this time like writing like a really nice write up of it, and they're like, anyway, hate that shit. Hate I'll that shit. See you later. <laughs> so annoying. Um, yeah. So I think. We've gone on quite a bit, so let's power through uh, with some final thoughts okay. on Double Zeta, and then maybe maybe a little bit of Gumpla talk before we wrap up. Yeah, why don't you um, give your final thoughts on Hamon Khan right now, Michael, and bleed into that Gumpla talk? Um, well, here, I did just want to say um, Double Zeta's really good. It's It's so good, and I would say out of the three series that we've watched for this podcast so far... Double Zeta to me is the most enjoyable. Um, yep. Looking back on the tier list, I would say this is a master grade or not a perfect grade series to me, um, at least so far. I mean, opinions can change and, you know, who knows from what else we watch, you know, how I'm going to recategorize mm-hmm. things. But as far as my understanding now, to me, I like this better than Zeta or 79. Um, I think originally... Uh, we did have this as woof on the tier list based off of nothing. Um, so I do think that like this might be, I think whenever we recategorize everything at the end of this experiment, um, that blow might be up. the, that the might be the one. Blow up. Yeah. That's like got fucked over the most by uh, our, our bad takes. Um, but yeah, all in all, I like could see myself rewatching this in the future. And I, I don't know, like just re- I'm like, honestly, and maybe it's just expectations. Like my expectations were pretty low for double Zeta and I thought it was a lot deeper, a lot more engaging than it was like what it was going to be. So that's my final okay. thoughts. Uh, Simon, what do you think? Yeah, I agree with everything that you said. I, I don't know. It's just like a really cool piece of art that's like out there and that you're able to consume. Like there's so many, I don't know just for me like I love I'm really into like visual um art right now like drawing and all this stuff and it was just like such a good addition to my life that allows me to continue to be creative so I'm very thankful um in that regard that they just did a really good job making a nice creative artistic show and I um got to just take it all in and apply it to my own life so yeah thank you um Gundam Double Zeta Definitely a master grade, if not a perfect grade. Uh, and I'm really excited to see how Double Zeta sets up Char's counterattack story and the Hell direction yeah. of the rest of the UC timeline. So yeah, I mean, I love, I love this one. This is a great, cool, great yeah. series. Um, quickly, uh, back, you know, to implement our normal rating system out of 10 bright slaps i'm giving this nine bright slaps and a bright noah hug um wow yeah i'm giving it nine bright slaps um plus one haro jump up and down him saying focus so that brings it down (laughs) a little bit um from nine so it's like an eight point eight point eight if you will got it yeah, yeah, yeah um at least three reminders uh to eat uh three haru <laughs> bounces um at least two new type tingles 
and nine bright slaps right across that little What's the conversion rate to euros for that? To to euros? Like Greek euros? Um, Maybe about like... I was talking about like the currency, but... How many? No, I would bad, rather know how many euros. Bad sandwiches, <laughs> yeah. How if many I convert euros it to is euros, it? and I think about like the average market prices of lettuce and tomatoes and like those Mediterranean ingredients, tzatziki, uh, tzatziki. Yeah. yeah, um, falafel. Uh, you know, it gets complicated. Uh, <laughs> I, <laughs> so I don't know if I could do the we're, calculation. We're right we're here. in the realm of imports exports right now imports, you're telling me exports, like that tax oil okay logistics baby all right agriculture anyway, climate great change show. great show whoa wow so so you liked it i liked it a lot yeah <laughs> <laughs> cool, cool, cool. Cool, he has cool, such cool. a way with words <laughs> um so i think uh let's Let's make uh, a decision right now to table the Gumpla talk for another yeah, day. I think maybe we could even do we could do like a mini 20, 20 to thirty minute episode to talk about Gumpla kits. Yeah. Um, yeah, man. Because I think I like talking about the kits. Maybe we can even get Johnny back on soon to talk Gumpla. Um, yeah, let's get Johnny back guy. on here. We got to get Johnny back on. Honestly, friend of the pod, friend of the pod, Johnny. Um, nothing better than having a friend. Um, but yeah, I think that should do it for today. Um, so yeah, I think next week we will, or maybe even later this week, we'll release a separate little, uh, bonus episode. And then honestly, who knows after that? Hey, you know, n- who, knows? who knows? Good job, everybody for like, finish. like we did the damn thing. We We're did. fucking three, three deep. seasons. This is three deep. Three That's like, out. we committed yeah. to the bit and it's cool. I know. And I like, yeah, again, I feel like I said it many times. I'm excited to watch a movie. I think it's going to be such a different vibe uh, for our show to just watch a movie instead of watching these like long (laughs) series. Movies are fun. You can make a whole night out of it instead of like trying to like plan your week around it, you know? (laughs) Yes, I got to watch this many episodes on this day. Yeah, it'll be a lot less stressful. Not that it's stressful. Yeah, what am I doing? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But uh, yeah, so we'll be back soon until then have a blessed day thank you for listening how do what do i say do i say have a blessed day we said go in peace to love and serve your lord it's like the end of church yeah because during during that wait okay also to the listeners i hope during like the quote-unquote break we have in the middle of the episode you go and receive communion that is what you're intended to do at that point that's what we're expecting you to have go in love and and if you didn't do that to serve your Lord, yeah. RX seventy nine, <laughs> our Savior. Imagine RX seventy eight fucking crucified on a cross <laughs> in front of a church. Like new initiative to get more youth involved. RX seventy eight died for our sins. For our sins. <laughs> it's true. It's, it's true. true. It's true. true. Think about That's it. literally fact. Think about it, dude. Yeah, if you um, think, think about, about it. it. Um, Thank you so much, Michael, for organization as always. Thank you, Christian, for all of the research that you did. I'm so lucky to have you too. Thank you, DJ RX78, um, for the use of our theme song. Thank you, Pinecast, for powering us. Um, thank you, uh, Pizza Hut employees, for continuing to be brave during these trying times. 
Thank you, Taco Bell, for bringing spicy potato soft tacos back. Oh, my God. Thank you so much. And um, thank you uh, to my neighbors for not complaining at me when I was really loud in my apartment the other night because it was my birthday. Um, this is everybody who I'm thankful for today. It's like uh, the little kid who uh, is like giving thanks before dinner, but it keeps finding new stuff. I do that Thank before you. I eat every meal, Christian. I just, Thank I just rattle it off. For Star Wars. Oh, Thank boy. you, God, for Jar Jar Binks. <laughs> <laughs> all right, that's it. We did it. We'll see you all next time. We love you. This is incredible. Bye. Bye. What a episode.